are listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, family? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we give insight, keys, and perspective to daily living. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. I wanted to give you another reminder that just in a few weeks, we're going to be kicking off our summer series called Persons of Interest Summer Takeover. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, um, telling you you don't want to miss one episode. I already started recording. We've got some episodes already queued up, and trust me, it's going to be worth your time. And for the first episode, kicking it off on June 7th with someone who's no stranger to Vantage Point, Michael Ty, will be kicking off summer takeover and he's definitely got a word for you so make sure you tune in and i want to encourage you to tune into my church transformation church and we just finished a series called the upgrade and i'm telling you if you've thought about the holy spirit had questions or have even never been taught about the holy spirit i'm telling you it's a series you need to tune into pastor michael todd uh, is teaching and helping us all tap into the upgrade when we get the understanding about the Holy Spirit. So you don't want to miss that. But today we're going to be on week four of the series that we've been in called Core Strength. And I'm telling you, go back, catch the first three episodes. Uh, we're getting stronger in this walk. And this series has been focused on some really core pieces, core tenets of our Christian walk. And they're so vital. They allow us to grow and be strong in all areas of our walk. And I said it the last three episodes, um, the last three episodes of this series are really personal to me because of, as I've gone deeper in my own walk and relationship with God, there's certain things that just have become stronger that just keep eating away at me. And I can't um, go without talking about them, without giving insight and perspective and keys. And so we've been using this uh, example in this whole series, talking about working out and strengthening our core muscles of our body. And, and what we've said each week is a strong core means a strong body. And, and our walk with God is the same way. And so for week four, I want to look into the power of worship in our lives. And, and I know for me that power of worship has been something that's just shifted my walk. And so I want to get into that. Uh, so far, this series, we've talked about love, which is the heart of our core strength. And then week two, we talked about community, which is the body of our core. Last week, we talked about prayer, our voice to, to our core. And, and so for this week, worship is the spirit of our core. Before we jump into worship, I think there's some things we need to get out of the way. Uh, worship is so misunderstood, but not necessarily by people, but sometimes in religion as well. And worship doesn't begin with the singing portion of a church service. It's not limited to uh, bowing in adoration to God, although that's part of it. Uh, here's the truth. And the first thing we need to know, worship is determined by God. It's not determined by us. Our feelings don't dictate worship. Um, our musical talent are, is not an indicator of worship. Yes, worship teams have their requirements to be on the stage, but aren't you so glad God didn't relegate worship to a stage? He didn't limit it for the talented or the musically inclined. Let me tell you, I don't sing, I don't play an instrument, I don't read music, but what I do know is that God gets all of me in worship because I choose to deny myself, my thoughts, my insecurities, my everything to worship God. I make that choice because I know that I know he deserves it. More than I deserve 
this life he's given me. He deserves my praise, my time, my everything when it comes to worship. See, the deeper we get in worship, or excuse me, the deeper we get in relationship, the more revealed truth we receive, the more we begin to understand and the more we can live out all that God requires of us. And I'm telling you, it's in the depths of this walk. It is where we not only gain understanding, but we also get biblical uh, understanding. Because if we want to understand worship, we have to go to the Bible. It is so important to have a biblical foundation of worship. We find out that not everything that is called worship is worship. And we see this in the beginning of the Bible with Cain and Abel when when they both brought sacrifices to the Lord in Genesis 4. And it says in verse 4 and 5, it says, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why wasn't Cain's act of worship accepted? He, he brought a worship that couldn't be accepted. He wanted God to accept something that was outside of what God views as acceptable worship. And I want you to listen to Hebrews 12, 28. It says, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Biblical theology of worship is true worship of God. True biblical worship must be reverent, just like we read. Uh, we, we have to know who is being worshiped. God is holy, just, perfect, powerful, and loving. Paul described true worship perfectly in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable or well-pleasing and perfect. Did, did you catch that? Because there's so many scriptures and Romans 12, two is a great example that that we quote and post. We write on walls. Um, but, you know, we, we know do not be conformed to uh, the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember, us giving our everything to God is our first act of worship and every other action should follow that process. Giving ourselves as a living and holy sacrifice, then accepted by God so that we can be transformed. Paul gives us all the elements of true worship. First, there has to be motivation to worship. What other motivation could we possibly need than knowing that God has given us everything we don't deserve? We're talking eternal love, eternal grace, eternal joy, eternal life, the Holy Spirit, everlasting peace, saving faith, comfort, strength, wisdom, hope, patience, kindness, honor, glory, righteousness, security, forgiveness, reconciliation, justification, sanctification, freedom, intercession, and so much more. We could literally do an episode just listing all the things God gives us that we don't deserve. I mean, what other evidence, what other information, what other facts could I possibly give you to let you know and to give you knowledge and understanding of the incredible gifts 
that God gives us? What more motivation do we need or should we need to give God's praise and thanksgiving? In other words, I'm telling you to worship, right? Also, in this passage, there's a description of the manner of our worship. Paul says, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Presenting our bodies means giving to God all of us. The reference our bodies here means our human faculties, all of our human nature, all of what makes us human, our heart, our minds, our hands, thoughts, attitudes, all of that presented to God. In other words, we are to give up control of these things and turn to him, just as a literal sacrifice was given totally to God on the altar. But how do we do that? Again, Paul's message is clear by the renewing of our minds. We renew our minds daily. We cleanse them of the world's wisdom and we replace it with the true wisdom that comes from God. We worship him with renewed and cleansed minds, not with our emotions. Our emotions are great things, but unless they're shaped by a mind saturated in truth, they can be destructive and out of control, right? Where the mind goes, the will follows. And so do the emotions. First Corinthians 2.16 tells us we have to have the mind of Christ, not the emotions of Christ. There is only one way to renew our minds, and that is by the word of God. It is the truth, the knowledge, uh, which is to say the knowledge of the mercies of God. And we're back where we began, right? To know the truth, to believe the truth, to hold convictions about the truth, and to love the truth will naturally result in true worship. It's that conviction followed by affection, and that affection is a response to the truth, not to any external stimuli, and that includes music. Um, but, but I want to be clear, we know music has a place in worship, but it also is not the central piece of worship, right? Music can't produce worship. It can produce emotion. Um, music is not the origin of worship, but it can be an expression of it. So we can't look to music to induce our worship. We look to music as simply an expression of that which is induced by a heart that is wrapped up in the mercies of God, obedient to his command. True worship is also God centered. We can't get all we can't get all caught up in where we worship or or what music we should sing in worship, right? Uh it's literally how um worship works. We can't be wrapped up into what other people think about our worship. We will completely miss the point and miss the mark of true worship. Jesus tells us that true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. And this means that we worship from the heart and the way that God designed us to worship. Worship can be praying. It could be reading God's word with an open heart, singing, participating in communion, serving others. It's not limited to one act, but it's done in the right way, in the right attitude. And that's the key to our worship. It has to be uh, in our, from our hearts and it has to be in the right attitude for it to be worship, right? Our worship is not for us. It's for God. He is the only one who's worthy of that worship. We are not to worship pastors or saints or prophets or statues or angels or, or false gods or Mary, the mother of Jesus. We also don't worship for the expectation of something in return, such as healing or anything like that. We worship 
to give it to God and God alone. It is for him. Worship can be public praise in, in a church setting. It can be proclaimed through prayer and, and adoration to God and, and showing thankfulness for all that he's done. We talked about that just a little bit ago. True worship is an inward feeling expressed through our actions. Worshiping out of obligation, God doesn't want that. It, it's in vain. He He can't stand it, right? He can see through that. He can He can see that fake worship that we that we oftentimes try to produce or because we're in a certain setting let's let's worship because we're here right true worship is not confined to what we do in church um it's it's the acknowledgement of god and all his power and glory in everything we do and the highest form of praise and worship is obedience to him and his word and to do this we have to know god we can't be ignorant of him because as we develop this relationship we've really been saying this all series all these core strengths are rooted in relationship. The more we know God, the more we start to show him and exalt him and to show our loyalty to him. And, and having that biblical understanding of worship recognizes that it involves more than external things, right? Listen to Isaiah 29, 13 in the message translation. It says, the master said, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their hearts aren't in it. Because they act like they're worshiping me, but don't mean it. I'm going to step in and shock them awake, astonish them, stand them on their ears. The wise ones who had it all figured out will be exposed as fools. The smart ones who thought they knew everything will turn out to know nothing. I want you to listen to this quote about worship. It says, worship is not ritual or artistry, but ritual and art can be expressions of worship. Worship is not about expressing ourselves, although David dancing before the Lord with all his might was a true act of worship. Worship is not about music, although music is used by worshipers. True worship is about God. We reverence and honor and adore him, not simply because of what he does for us, but for who he is. And I know I've repeated that several times in several different ways in this episode, but it's so key to not only know but be reminded that worship is because of what he does and who he is biblical understanding of worship also produces heart change you know we have a greater desire to love and obey the lord and our worship and service go hand in hand worship of god should propel us into greater obedience jesus said those who love him will keep his commands and if we say we love and worship but don't obey our worship is worthless and, and this is the beauty of these core strengths where we develop again we said it earlier when we develop relationship we gain revelation and with that revelation we can walk in understanding and be more aligned in obedience and lastly Biblical understanding of worship leads to conviction or a firmly held belief that worship is a lifestyle. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When we make the decision to say yes to God, our worship shifts from non-existent to a lifestyle. Worship isn't temporary. It's not something that's reserved for Sunday. It's not something we um, slip in and out of like a pair of shoes. Worship is constant. True worship, true inner praise to God expressed outwardly is a constant way of life for us. And, and I, I've said this before, I'm a huge quote person. I just want to drop seven quotes 
that really just sum up worship and really wrap this thing up. And the first one is A.W. Tozer. He says, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God, that any man or woman on this earth who is bored or turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. And I want you to let that sink in for a minute. If worship is something that's boring or turned off to you, I love it how, how Pastor Michael Todd says it at TC, that if, if you don't like worship, you're going to hate heaven because that is worship. That is what they do. Holy, holy, holy all day. And, and so it's literally wrapped in the word of God that worship is what we're called to do. And, and a second quote by John Ortberg says, I need to worship because without it, I can forget that I have a big God beside me and live in fear. I need to worship because without it, I can forget his calling and begin to live in a spirit of self-preoccupation. I need to worship because without it, I lose a sense of wonder and gratitude and plod through life with blinders on. I need worship because my natural tendency is towards self-reliance and stubborn independence. In short, worship is needed in our lives. Augustine of Hippo says, you never go away from us, yet we have difficulty returning to you. Come, Lord, stir us up, call us back, kindle us, seize us, be our fire and our sweetness. Let us love, let us run. Lord, we just pray that you continue to stay with us. We know you, we, we have a hard time staying with you, but rekindle us, seize us, capture us up in your love. Francis Kahn says, many spirit-filled authors have exhausted the thesaurus in order to describe God with many, uh, with the glory he deserves. His perfect holiness, by definition, assures us that our words can't contain him. Isn't it a comfort to worship a God we cannot exaggerate, we cannot talk too much about or give enough praise to? So why not unlock ourselves and take the cap off, take the safety off of our worship? Martin Luther says, next to the word of God, music deserves the highest praise. The gift of language combined with the gift of song was given to man that he should proclaim the word of God through music. Remember, it is not the music that makes the worship. It's the worship that makes the music. Graham Kendrick said, worship has been misunderstood as something that arises from a feeling which comes upon you. But it is vital that we understand that it is rooted in a conscious act of will to serve and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Put it this way, says N.T. Wright, if you're idea of God, if your idea of the salvation offered in Christ is vague and remote, your idea of worship will be fuzzy and ill-formed. The closer you get the truth, the clearer becomes the beauty, and the more you will find worship welling up within you. That's why theology and worship belong together. The one isn't just a head trip. The other isn't just an emotion. I mean, let that sink in for one second. Theology and worship go hand in hand. And I want to close this episode out and ask you this question. Where is your worship? You know, we talked a lot about worship in, in the short amount of time that we have in this episode. And I could honestly spend an entire series talking about worship. But wherever you are, I want to pray for you. I want to take a moment and go to God and ask specifically for him to continue to show us his face. I want us to increase our worship. There's so much in store. If, if you unlock true worship, true biblical worship, I mean, putting down 
worldly understanding and even the religious understanding to a degree of worship and gather up the biblical understanding that allows us to connect even more with God. So again, I ask you, where is your worship? Let's pray. Father God, we give you all the honor and praise for who you are. You continue to love us. You continue to provide for us. You continue to be a constant in our lives. I pray that we continue to seek you. I pray we continue to understand into who you are. I pray that everyone listening to this will begin to develop a new desire, a new understanding of worship, to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray they get understanding that worship goes so far beyond what we see. Open our eyes, open our hearts to true worship. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all so much for rolling with us again. Another episode. We're going to catch you next week for the series finale of Core Strength. And until then, remember to keep seeking insight, keys and perspective for daily living through the lens of God. Enjoy your week. Mm -hmm.